because we're all wired. I mean, it's hard to follow the children's message. <laughs> that was fantastic. Um, but we're all very different. When I speak to children, I get down on their level, I look at their eyes, my language becomes simple. Um, sometimes when I speak to the teenagers at his house, I would kind of hoodify my, my conversation. <laughs> um, so we're all unique. We relate and we touch the heart of God and he speaks to us in a very unique way, just the way you're wired. And so um, I'm going to pray and then we'll, we'll just take a s just a few seconds so that um, you can talk to God yourself and ask him, I want to hear your voice and, um, and I'll be listening for you uh, during this time that we uh, chat together about God's word. Heavenly Father, I'm so grateful that you told us and you said, come boldly into my presence. Because of the blood of Jesus, you made entrance, Jesus. The curtain was ripped, and we can walk into the holy place and talk to our Father. And I am so grateful that when you purchased redemption for me, and you uh, welcomed me into the family, that uh, we can come and ask the Father for anything according to his will. And so, Father, I pray that you would use me this morning, that I would stay listening and sharing what you want for this beautiful group of believers and for the ones that have never surrendered. Father, I pray that you would speak a very specific word to them, that you love them intensely and you want a relationship with them. And what better time than this, the first day of Advent, where we're saying, come Lord Jesus, we're gonna celebrate your coming because you came to die, to rise again. And we're thankful for you, Jesus. And we pray your Holy Spirit would move in our midst and speak to us. So we're going to talk to you. We're grateful, Holy Spirit, that you speak to us. And we thank you now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Of course. Let me pull out my tissue. Well, we're going to park on John, in John 10 for a while. So we're going to look at John, a couple of verses in John 10, which are kind of like the key verses. just have to turn around and read my own slides because I can't remember which one I put first. This is the first verse in John 10, 27. See, this is the problem when you cry, your glasses get all blurry. <laughs> my sheep, this is Jesus speaking, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So, there are times where I repeat this back to myself when I, the enemy and the accuser will always bring some reason why you can't hear God's voice. But I repeat it back to him, back to myself, and I build my own self up repeating God's word, and that's a good practice for all of us. When you have any issue, you just repeat God's word back and it'll build you back up to align yourself with God's truth. So this is one of them. In John 10, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. So my prayer is to have courage to follow. And then a little um, before in, in chapter 10, in um, verse 
uh, 2 through 7. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name. There's the personal, um, intimate relationship. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. And the next slide is the 14th. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me, just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep, speaking of the Gentiles, I have other sheep that are not of this pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. So the boss of me, my master, the Lord of my life and yours says, my sheep hear my voice. They, they know me and they'll, they're going to follow me. So, um, there's two foundational um, of the many, I'm sure, but there's two that I want to um, kind of continue to bring up today. In hearing the voice of God, you have got to have relationship. All relationships, every single relationship, the way you communicate with your children, with your husband, with your mom, your dad, with... Um, all communication has to do with your relationship. And so there has to be a loving relationship. There has to be a relationship. And so uh, you, you have to um, know that you know that you know that you are a son or a daughter, a child of God. And so we're going to read these scriptures about uh, being a child of God. Let me see if I've got them. Nope. Sorry for all my turn, giving you my back, but here we go. I am a child of God, his son or daughter, which is in John 1, 12. But to all who have received him, those who believe in his name, he has given the right to become God's children. And as a son or daughter, I am a co-heir with Christ, and if children, then heirs, namely heirs of God, and also fellow heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, so we may also be glorified with him, Romans 8, 17. And as a co-heir with Christ, then a brother or sister. Now this really kind of blows my mind. Sometimes it's hard to get your mind wrapped around the fact that God has adopted us adopted me and I'm his daughter. It's hard to wrap your head around the fact that Almighty God, the creator of the universe, has chosen to bring me into his family and adopt me as his daughter or son. But that relationship is key. And we have got to get that deep on the inside that I am chosen, that, that the Lord... Um, sent his son for that very reason so that I could be adopted. And in the book of Hebrews, oops, I forgot to put the, uh, the uh, reference there. And the book of Hebrews says, both the one who makes people holy, who is Jesus, and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. Those are, those are very deep concepts that um, when you really truly get them on the inside and believe and walk that way, walk as if you're a son or daughter of the living God. Walk like Jesus ever intercedes for me as he's my brother, he's my savior. He's, so um, 
when you get that deep on the inside and you are convinced of that incredible love, then the next foundation is believing. You have got to believe that God is a rewarder who diligently seeks him and that he wants to. He wants to communicate with you. And when he said, my sheep hear my voice, you're just going to believe it. <laughs> you're going to believe it. My God says, I hear his voice. So the, the relationship of love that we have with our Father God, with Jesus, with the Comforter, he says, I'm not going to leave you alone as orphans. I'm going to come to you. And so the Holy Spirit speaks to our hearts. And so these are two foundations of, um, of, of listening. And I'm sure there's way more, but this is the, the two that we're going to focus on. So if you speak, if you're going to speak to God, know that God wants to speak to you even more. Um, even when Adam and Eve sinned, God went after them. The Bible says in Genesis 3, 8, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. They knew God's footsteps. I can tell my dad had a stroke when he was about, he had several strokes. And uh, so he dragged his foot a little bit. And I I, we could tell dad, dad was coming a mile away because dad had a certain gait. And they say even just like your fingerprints, the way you walk, your gait is very personal as well. Well, Adam and Eve knew the way God walked. That's a pretty awesome thought, huh? They knew how, what the leaves might sound like when God was walking. It wasn't an animal, it wasn't a deer, it wasn't, no. Uh, it wasn't, you know, any... It was God who was walking, and uh, they knew it. But since they had sinned, they hid among the trees of the garden. I thought, too, you know, I'll meditate on a lot of different words in the word of God, and I thought, how many places do we hide, and how often do we hide from God? Even in the places he himself created for our pleasure. God created the trees and, and all of creation for our pleasure for, so that we can enjoy them. But how often do we hide from God with the things that he's created us to enjoy? Um, I was reading a blog, and it says, um, we hide in our homes or away from our homes. We hide in our rooms or in our offices. We hide in housework, yard work, garage puttering. We, we hide behind computers and phones and in a million internet information sources. We hide behind earphones and Netflix and ESPN. We hide behind fashion facades, educational facades, career facades, Facebook conversation. We hide sullenness and in humor. We hide behind bravado and timidity. We hide in extroversion and introversion you see in the noontime like the Samaritan woman we come in different times and we we hide from the Lord and sometimes um, we hide uh, because we're ashamed like Adam and Eve and um, and sometimes we we are uh, we hide and we look for comfort in other places so if you'd show me that next slide. And the next one, because we know now that God wants to talk to us more. So God calls out for us, and uh, how do we respond? Sometimes we, uh, we ignore. We ignore the Lord. I don't know how many times um, the Lord's told me to do things, and um, my heart starts to pound inside my chest. And um, I'm getting better at saying, yes, Lord, because sometimes he gives you strange things to say. I might have shared these two stories before, but um, I got five babies when I was at um, 
the house mom at the children's home. For about five and a half years, I was the house mom, the chief bottle sterilizer. I did, we did, ev I, you know, when you start something, you dump the trash, you do everything. <laughs> so um, when I first started the children's home, I was a house mom. And while I was a house mom, we had five newborns that were admitted at the same time. Drug-exposed newborns that um, were irritable and so, but I had five babies and nobody there through the night to help me feed. So sometimes, sadly, I was had to feed two babies at the same time and then, you know, pat this one when you burp the other one. It was just a crazy time. But I didn't sleep for several weeks and, you know, grabbing an hour here or two hours there and so, um, I was in church and the uh, pastor was speaking about fasting. And the Holy Spirit starts pounding in my chest. You need to get up at the pulpit after the service and invite people to practice this sermon by fasting from their sleep. I said, there is no way, Lord, <laughs> there is no way I'm going to ask the pastor for you know, I'd like to invite everyone to uh, put this sermon into practice and uh, fast from your sleep because uh, I haven't slept for a long time and I need your help. I said, Lord, I can't do it. But, you know, finally, um, either my heart was going to come out of my throat or I was going to listen to the Lord. So I went in, I went and um, Oh, absolutely, Jean. And so I said, I believe the Holy Spirit is asking me to invite you to fast from your sleep and help me. And uh, it was such a great blessing to people. And to me, I finally got to sleep for a couple of, I mean, at least three nights a week. I, I had a full night's sleep. And it, it saved my health and who knows what else. But, um, you know, to... When I said, you know, this is Jesus in the form of a little child, and, and when you're feeding him, you just, you need to just picture that as you do it to one of the littlest ones, you're doing it to the Lord. So many people had um, encounters with the Lord because I finally gave in. Just recently, I traveled for Oral Roberts University, 22 states of the East Coast. And I invite people to give back to ORU so that students from other countries from, you know, that can't make it can go to OR to Oral Roberts University. So I re-engage them. People who have, you know, alumni who've just disconnected, um, come back to homecoming, come lecture, come give, pray for us. So that's what I do. Well, I was going to Pennsylvania and there were some people who lived out on the farm and it was gonna be at least a, an hour and a half or two hour drive, but everybody deserves the opportunity to give. So I said, fine, I'll go a day early and I'll, I'll, they invited me to dinner at their house. Well, just a few days before, they canceled. And that was the only reason why I was going a day early. And I don't like being away from my family if I can help it. So I was a bit frustrated. I'm on the plane, and I, I cry a lot when I pray, but I'm on the plane just sitting back, and I'm uh, talking to the Lord, and I'm saying, Lord, I don't know why I'm going a day early. I'm a bit frustrated. I don't want to be, but would you please unfold your purpose? Would you please show me why? Could you please just do something and, and use me in any way you want to? All of a sudden, the guy next to me starts to go, <laughs> I mean, a young guy just starts to weep. I'm saying nothing. I mean, there's tears coming down my eyes because I'm, I'm always praying, crying when I'm praying, but this guy is outdoing me. He's weeping. <laughs> He's weeping. So I'm still listening to the Lord. And he says, ask this guy, um, you need to pray for this man. Ask him if he wants prayer. You need to pray for this man. 
Oh, there it goes again. My heart is pounding like total stranger, sir, you know. Would you like for me to pray for you? He says, yes, please. And um, so I start to pray. And I, I said, Father, something is troubling this man, and you're the answer. God, heal his soul. Restore his soul. And I prayed for him. And he told me he had adopted two um, Chinese girls, and, um, but he was divorced, and his ex-wife was leading them away from the Lord. But just yesterday, somebody has said, something's going to happen to you because he just started a relationship with the Lord. He said, something's going to happen to you on the way to, I don't know where he was going. And so it was sealed. Whoever said that, God did it. And it solidified that for this man, that God was listening to him. It kind of said, no, I'm on the right track. I'm seeking the Lord and and God will do beautiful things like that, but they're sometimes a little far-fetched. What we have to do is have the faith to believe God wants to use me and he wants to speak to me. Because this is a two-way relationship. It's a two-way relationship. We just cannot go to God and, you know, I picture myself entering into the presence of the Lord. I, I, when I'm praying, here's my Father God, because that's the way Jesus asked us, say, Father, hallowed, and you worship his name, and then you acknowledge who he is, and then you bring him everything that's in your heart. But then we have got to sit still enough to listen to his voice. So I have this um, little journal, not to the practical spots yet, um, but, and uh, you can let me know, little symbols, if I'm going a little over. But, um, so I carry my book with me into my prayer room. Uh, and, and the practical thing is that you have to find a quiet place. It doesn't have to be in the morning. Just recently, um, I said, God, what's, my, what's the, the best hour, my most productive hour? It's between 10 and 11. It's my most productive hour. That's the hour I'm going to give to you. I'm going to give you my, must, my most powerful hour. Somebody said in business it's called your tiger hour. Who knows? But I wanted to give the Lord my best hour. So that's when I went. Sometimes I'll go in the, very, in the beginning of the day, but my recliner chair in my room has to be empty, and it has to be quiet, and that's, um, that's where my quiet place is. Um, and another quiet place when I have to do battle in prayer is in the bathroom. So I just close the door and, and double close it and you know the bedroom door, the bathroom door, everything gets closed. <laughs> and that's my, my battleground prayer. But I take my book with me and I pray for, and I write down sometimes um, what he says. Here's what he said on May 10th and I thought I'd be a little vulnerable with you. Um, so you are encouraged that this doesn't take a lot. It just takes wanting to hear the voice of God, wanting to, just desperately wanting to hear the voice of God. A friend said to me, yeah, I said that to the Lord. I said, Father, I want to hear your voice. And he stayed still. And the Lord said, why do you want to hear my voice? You're not going to do what I tell you to do. Oh, that's a piece, that's an ouch. Why do you want to hear my voice? You're, you, uh, you don't want to do what I ask you to. He might tell you some things that are hard to hear like that too. And when you do hear those things, the response is to repent and say, okay, well, help me to turn around. Help my unbelief. Help my lack of um, desire to do what you ask me to obey. But here's what um, um, the Lord says. And I said, make some calls. And I put, did not do. Sad face. 
Didn't do it. God says he gives wisdom without reproach. He doesn't think you're dumb because you ask for wisdom. Doesn't think you are weak of mind because you want more wisdom. So the Lord said to me, you're not weak and you're not dumb because you want more wisdom. And that's his word for me that day. God gives out wisdom generously without finding fault. Here's Tuesday, May 14th. Go to Chicago next, then New York. That's about my work. Go to Chicago next, then New York. Believe it. I am your rewarder. I must have been discouraged this day. Believe it. I am your rewarder. I will grant you favor. Many don't believe it, but before you were born, I was in favor of you. How precious are my thoughts towards you. The Ancient of Days is for you. I am your strong tower, like a bubbling brook full of life bubbles, so I give life. Out of you flow rivers of my living water. Go now, everything you do, I will put my hand of favor on. He must have known that day, that specific day, I needed to know. Rivers of living water flow out of you, Gene. It's right here in the word. But he personalized it for me. And it encouraged me. And so I would uh, suggest to you, get a little book, take it to your prayer place, write some petitions. There's many times I'd say, wow, look at that. I prayed for this and God answered exactly. And it builds your faith. So, um, and sometimes after you've prayed and you've written down some of your requests, then say, Father, I'm still here listening. And what the Holy Spirit sounds like, he sounds like God's word. That's what he sounds like. And he'll personalize God's word to you. And it, it just penetrates down to the deepest place. Sometimes shame will keep us from approaching God. You can never measure up. That's my next slide. You, you will never measure up. There's nothing to measure. There is nothing to measure up to. Jesus paid it all. When you repented and you asked for forgiveness, he removed your sins from the east as from the west. You are not stained forever. You, you are not what's in your past. And sometimes shame will keep us you know, oh, I, I'm, still, I'm still rewinding the video. It's a lie of the enemy. And you just get God's word and you say, as far as the east is from the west, God has removed my sin from me. And, and remind yourself of the freedom that you have in Christ. Don't let the shame put distance between, between you and God. Um, when the enemy comes to lie and say, oh, no, that, that sin is too great, and, uh, and you're not worthy of God's love now. Those are lies of the enemy, and you just, um, you know we don't fight flesh and blood. We fight principalities, all kinds of lying, uh, dark spirits that'll tell you that you're not worth, you know, God doesn't want to talk to you. You are a weak Christian. You're, you're, you ignore him. You ignore his word. You, you no. Don't listen to the lies of the enemy. C draw close to the Lord because he wants you more than you need or want him. Remember that while we were yet sinners, while we were yet enemies of God, he died for us. And he who did not withhold his own son won't withhold any good thing from you. So um, don't let the shame... Uh, keep you. He also says, come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, your emotion. Sometimes your emotion gets 
so, you get so lonely, so weary, so sad, so frustrated, so sometimes uh, in the area of anger and bitterness. And so the Lord says, come to me and bring that stuff, that worry, and I will give you rest for your soul. Your mind sometimes goes nuts. You sit down to wait, to wait on the Lord. You start thinking about, wait, I got to, I got to put the laundry in. I got to, you know, don't forget to go to Home Depot. You know, oh, the things are on sale. Don't forget the, your, your mind. And so you say, no, I'm here with the Lord. Okay, bring it back 10,000 times if you have to. You say, I'm here with the Lord. I'm here with you, Lord. And you just have to talk out loud if you have to. I'm here with you. And I'm going to sit here with you and listen. So, um, Another thing that kind of deviates is that we go to uh, other comforts. We are, we're, this, is a, this, is a, this is a culture of total distraction. From your phone to, you know, there's so many times when you feel um, a loneliness that God is calling you and you would rather turn on a movie or just go on Facebook and look at, other people's happinesses or um, a million other things busying yourself with with things and it's really God calling God calling you because he's the only comfort we have substitute substituted the sufficiency of God for other things these then take the place of God Things that take the place of God would be considered little gods. So, when you need the comfort of the Lord, and you just think of a, a, a child or anybody that just needs to be comforted. They're just not feeling right. Something's out of revolution. They're just, they're just out. They're just, you don't feel so great inside. There's a good friend or a mom. What do they do? come and just embrace them, right? Sometimes you just melt when there's an embrace. We're going to take a little time after we're done, and we're just going to let the Lord embrace us. We just don't take the time, because it's a little bit weird. We don't see him. How in the world does an almighty God embrace us? Well, sometimes it takes another flesh person to be used of God to embrace another person. Sometimes there are words that you can sense that God is saying, how much I love you. But instead of that, we'll go other places for comfort or consolation or you feel perturbed, you just go somewhere else. And I'm not saying you have to stay still. There's a lot of times that I will just put those sneakers on and start running because <laughs> I'm a runner. So I'll, put my, I'll say I'm going for a run. But when I run, I know what I mean. I'm running because I'm going to be talking to the Lord. And sometimes, like I was sharing with somebody here, I'll go on outside and I'll say, I am just going to um, weed my garden slowly and think of what God needs to speak to me while I, you know, listen. And I say to him while I'm driving, while I'm, Lord, I'm listening. Do you have anything you want to tell me today? So don't let other things become little gods. If you're going to other things, if you're turning on the TV when you're feeling like God is, you're out of sync. You're at a revolution. Something's not right. And you're feeling, don't, don't let something else take God's place. If you're substituting those things for God calling, they can become little gods. And we don't want those. We want no gods, no little gods um, to steal the true joy that God has for us. Um, I think I'll just, um, let me see where we are. Um, I want to share um, a couple of uh, just, I guess, 
move it on. Maybe I'll, I'll just share two more stories because we'll have. Um, um, time to pray. When you get to your quiet place, God sometimes can show you a picture. He'll uh, drop a phrase, a phrase in your to your heart, um, words of comfort or even direction. Um, God can can really share with you a, a different things. Um, to indicate to you, I know that um, when I was first starting the children's home, there was some level of confusion in my heart. I thought for sure I would be going to Latin America somewhere to start a children's home, and the Lord said it was here in Miami. And I was very confused. I said, a children's home in Miami, that's crazy. There's plenty of money here. Who's going to go to Honduras and lay on the ground? Who's going to go to Guatemala? Who's going to go to dangerous places like Nicaragua? Who's going to go to the kids in, in Colombia? There's street kids all over the place. Lord, I'm willing to go. And I play the guitar and I speak three languages. So uh, that's the missionary. I'm supposed to go. And so I didn't know if I was right. So I told a couple of friends, I said, I need for you to pray with me. And I need the Lord to speak loud to me. No, still small voice. Black and white, radical. And so um, as I took a road trip to New York at about this time, in, uh, the day after Christmas, and, uh, and we came back. I was still bringing that up before the Lord. And, um, and the Lord, the, the reason why God spoke to me loudly is because he knew that the task was going to be very, very hard. So you probably flip to the last picture there. I don't know if you can, but God took us on a detour. We thought we were lost on the way back because on the way up, I said, let's call this, let's, let's put a name to this dream that God has for me. And uh, he's, my friend said, why don't we call it his house? And so everything we saw in New York while we were vacationing had a place at his house. And I'm telling the Lord, you need to tell me radically, black and white, Lord. You need to speak to me. And on the way back, we, did got, lo we got lost, and God brought us to a huge sign that said his house. We'll get it on the screen there in a second, on the last slide. But God sometimes will show off like that. He'll say, oh, you're confused? Not a problem, Gene. He does not, when you need more wisdom and you need a loud voice and you say, Father, I want to obey, but I'm confused. Can you please show me clearly? Then he will. Um, sometimes you don't know how to pray. This is a, one of the things that recently... Um, well, um, it's almost a year now that my mom was in the hospital, November 3rd through December 7th. Um, before she went into the hospital, she said, I want to live. So there's my mom. Um, she's home with Jesus, dancing, and fully whole now. Um, but on, I didn't know how to pray. I said, Lord, she said she wants to live, but you're the one that's got our days counted. Are the days almost over for her? She's nearly 90. She's lived a good, rich life, but I want to pray in your will. So I locked myself up in my bathroom. I said, I want to hear from you, God. I want to pray in your will. If I pray in your will, according to 1 John, I have what I pray for. As confidently as my name is Bertha Jean Caceres Gonzalez, I know I have the thing that I prayed for. If I know... But if you want to know how to pray and you don't know what the will of God is, you better sit still and listen. Listen for his voice and he'll reveal those things to you. Um, so I did. I stayed, in my, I stayed in the bathroom and I prayed. I prayed in the spirit. God gives us an ability to pray to him spirit to spirit. And that is when you're filled with the Holy Spirit and you speak in another tongue. So I was doing that in my bathroom. And the Lord said to me, she will live, and she will come home to her own house. <laughs> I went, 
just ballistically happy. I mean, I was just so happy, but I knew how to pray at that point. Then I knew how to pray. I can't say that it was easy. I can't say that everybody was in agreement with me. But I had to live according to what I heard from the Lord. So I would say, Mama, I've been in the presence of the Lord. He says you're going home to your own house. Let's cooperate with God. I will lift, I'm tired. I am here to lift your hands. I am here to wash your feet. I am here to do physical therapy. I am here because God's made me strong. It's my turn now. And so we prayed and we did exercises and she did. She came home and we enjoyed, she enjoyed the holidays with us and was able to say goodbye to, you know, took care of some things that God apparently said she needed to be home for the holidays. Walked with her little walker, just the Lord restored her. And then the next time she went in, she was tired and she wanted to go home, so she did. And God honored her prayer and in March she went home. But I think that was um, very special because there's been several times where I've not, the Lord has given me a word. I had terrible eczema when I was little. My hands, this was all bleedy. I really, really terrible eczema. And I was raising money to go to Cuba on a mission trip and there was a very empty church and the, the Lord spoke to me through the minister. He says, there's somebody here that has an inherited skin disease. That morning, I had told the lady who was hosting us, what is that all over your hands, all over your, she said, oh, it's an inherited skin disease. It's on the same gene as asthma, but it's eczema, and it's an inherited, we can control it, but you can never be, you know, you, you just kind of control it. But I use those very same words. It's an inherited skin disease. I go to church. <laughs> An hour later, and the man says, there's somebody here that has an inherited skin disease. I'm like, okay, there's only 15 people here. I guess it's me. <laughs> so I said, okay, Lord, here am I. So he said a very soft prayer, Lord, then do what you said you would do. Heal her. As soon as he said that, all hell broke loose in my body. It never gone around my neck. It never went that bad. It it went crazy. What was I going to do? Believe God? He said it. I said, God, you said. I believe you. Same with my mom. As soon as the Lord said, I'm going to heal her, all hell broke loose. <laughs> it, was, it was terrible. She was intubated, sedated, up to ICU. It was horrible. When God says a word, speaks a word to you, there's nothing more special. Believe it. Don't doubt it. So um, I just want to encourage you to believe what Jesus said about you, his brother, his sister, God's son or daughter. You are so dearly loved that he wants to speak to you more than you want to speak to him and we want to talk to God about all of our petitions all the time <laughs> we want to tell him God please um, take care of this problem and the other problem and we we want our we want God so as much as we want to bring our our petitions to him and our praise to him he wants to love on you he wants you to listen to him and so I encourage you now, during this, uh, I, I posted on my Facebook, let's see, we've got Thursday is Thanksgiving, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, Giving Tuesday. I said, I'm declaring this Slowdown Sunday. <laughs> so I pray that today, this holy day, this day that we've separated, for the Lord, just like God did when he created for six days and the seventh day he rested. That this is, sacred, this is a sacred day to the Lord that you will take time today to listen as you drive, listen as you wash dishes. Say to the Lord, I'm here and I want to listen. The next picture is the his house picture if anybody wants to see it, right? The next picture is the, is the his house picture. There's the sign the Lord brought to me uh, because he's merciful and not only does he speak through um, his word, 
Many times I've said, Lord, I need direction, and I've opened up this word, and he speaks to me through his word. He speaks through people. When I transitioned out of his house, it was hard. The first hour that I was, sh that was shared with me, you need to transition out of, I, it was like somebody put, kicked me in the stomach so hard, I just felt like I was going to die. Before I stepped over the threshold of my house, having wept for two hours, I stepped over the threshold of my house and somebody called me on the phone who was not a God-talking guy. A guy, he was a businessman. He wanted to give me a gift of Miami, Miami Heat tickets on the floor. I don't want any tickets. I don't want anything. I'm totally and completely distraught. Completely distraught. I said, no, thank you very much. Uh, somebody called me and said, no, no, no. You've got to accept them. It's like expired milk. This man needs his tax receipt. You've got to accept this Miami Heat tickets on the floor. I said, okay. So I called this gentleman and I said, hey, I can accept your gift. I just want to know, can I give them to my son? He's, he's going to turn 21 uh, tomorrow. It would be great if he could watch the Miami Heat on the folding chairs next to LeBron James and Dwayne Wade. That'd be fun. Uh, but I, but uh, you know, it, my development director didn't want me because I'd be on TV the whole night. So, but he says, absolutely. And then God used this man to speak to me. Why? He didn't know any, anything about my circumstance. Not only that, he was not thus saith the Lord or anything like that. You know, he just wasn't a God, or I believe God is saying, no. He was just used by God. And he said, Absolutely, Gene, and this is small fruit of your love and sacrificial service to Jesus. Okay, I'm just like the Holy Spirit. And if you are feeling crushed, stepped on, and unjustly accused, how did the Holy, I mean, how did he know? He did it. Just that the Holy Spirit was just speaking right through him. If you are feeling stepped on, crushed, and unjustly accused, you consider it a joy and a prize, a gift from the Lord, because you're being invited to crawl up on the cross with Jesus in the fellowship of his sufferings. Wow. I mean, that was just like on target. The next day, or a couple of days after, I'm reading this devotional. Just to give you an idea, if you're saying, Lord, speak to me, I want to hear your voice. He will bring it all over the place. Even the creation is speaking to us from the Lord. So this, I opened up my devotional, and this is the, the word. I will give you the treasures of darkness, riches stored in secret places, so that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who summons you by name. I have never been in this place before. It's new ground for me, and I find I am out of my comfort zone. I am scared to death to trust him at, at this level. I had to confess to the Lord I have not been able to accept or believe his love for me in this area. Those were the words I expressed to a friend when I was in a difficult place in my life. That day when I confessed those words, God led me to this passage of scripture. What we perceive as dark periods in our lives are designed to be treasures from God. They're actually riches stored in secret places. We cannot see those times in this light because of the often accompanied pain or fear that prevents us from accepting these times as treasures. They, are, they have a particular purpose from God's viewpoint so that you may know that I am the Lord who summons you by name. One after the other after the other, God continued to speak, and he wants to speak to us. So um, I'd like to pray for you, but I'd also like to invite anybody who does not have this kind of relationship with God. If you um, don't know him, um, and, and he is not removed from you, all the shame, the guilt, and the sin. Um, he wants to do that for you. He wants to invite you into the family of God. So I'd like to pray, 
and uh, we'll bow our heads and um, close our eyes and just um, let's be with the Lord. Heavenly Father, we're just so grateful for Jesus. We're grateful that um, he made uh, the way. He came to be uh, sin for us. He just took it all. Our sin, our sickness, and our sorrow, according to Isaiah. So, Lord, I pray that if there's anyone here who still hasn't handed over their sin and made you, Father God, their savior of their soul, that you would speak to them by the power of your Holy Spirit. Because your Holy Spirit is the one that draws us, that awakens us to our need for a savior. Speak to Father God, anybody who does not know you and hasn't surrendered yet Father, there's other areas of our life that we need to surrender. We surrender our guilt. We surrender our shame. And we even repent of those things that we have run to for our own consolation and our comfort. Things that have distracted us from getting into your presence and not only telling you how much we love you, but allowing for the time that you desire to tell us how much you love us. All those tender words that we have forfeited for temporary little comfort that is empty and goes away right away as soon as we turn off the phone. Oh, wow, that's been two hours. How in the world could I have done that, Lord? Now it's midnight and I'm too tired. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would cause our minds to turn around. Lord, we, we want to fight for that joy in your presence, especially as these holidays are unfolding and we get drawn in every direction. My eyes are closed. It's kind of like a response to the Lord. Is there anybody that would say, I, I need to surrender my life to Jesus? I haven't done that yet. And this first day of December, which starts the Advent season, and remembering that Jesus came.